Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. The building permit side of things, make sure that everything is safe and everything is up to a standard. Zoning controls what development can happen where. Stay tuned to hear more from Emily Ragsdale, Pennsylvania County's Community Development Director, about community development and how the purpose of zoning and building inspections is all about protecting property owners. But first, I want to recap the Board of Supervisors' busy day of meetings on Tuesday. At the request of the Pennsylvania County School Board, the Board of Supervisors passed a resolution that puts a referendum for a 1% sales tax increase on the November ballot. If approved by you, the voters, this 1% increase would generate about $3.3 million annually, and all of those funds would go towards school capital costs. Pennsylvania County Schools have tens of millions of dollars in maintenance and renovation needs over the next few years. The board also approved using up to $75,000 for a summer internship program. Working with area partners like the Institute for Advanced Learning and Research, Pennsylvania County Schools, Community Action, and the West Piedmont Workforce Development Board, this program will provide paid internships to 25 Pennsylvania County students. Many of the details, such as the application process, are still being finalized. Pennsylvania County leaders are excited to be able to provide meaningful work opportunities for our youth. Be sure to tune in next week to hear more about this program. The board also passed a resolution in support of renaming a bridge on 29 Business North in Blairs after the late William Pritchett, who was the first black board member and the first elected official in the Bannister District. On Wednesday, the Commonwealth Transportation Board also agreed to rename the Chatham South Bridge entering the town of Chatham after the late Clyde L. Banks Sr., another influential African-American in Pennsylvania County. So I'm here today with Emily Ragsdale. Emily is the Director of Community Development for Pennsylvania County. Emily, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So I guess to start, if you just kind of want to talk to us a little bit about what is community development? I know there, there's multiple departments that you oversee. So kind of what's what's involved there and what do you guys do? Sure. Our community development department is made up of the building inspections division, planning and zoning, and then GIS, which is our geographic information system. Mm-hmm. Most people identify that as our mapping system that you can find on our website. Okay. You mentioned, you know, zoning, building permits. I think those are those are two very important things. So can you talk to me a little bit about building permits and zoning specifically? Kind of what each of those are, what they aren't, and why why those are two very important departments. So those two things kind of work hand in hand to control development and make sure that development is appropriate for the area of the county that it's occurring in and that it's standardized so that everyone is held to the same standards, especially when it comes to building permits. Right. We follow the USBC, which is a uniform statewide building code that is followed statewide. So everyone in the state of Virginia is underneath that code. Mm -hmm. And basically that sets a standard for construction. So all construction done is held to the standard. So we can ensure that it's done correctly and that, you know, electrical work is done correctly so that we don't have fires occurring um, because of work done improperly. You know, your HVAC systems are installed correctly. And then that structures are just structurally sound Mm -hmm. and safe 
So really the building permit side of things control, make sure that everything is safe and everything is up to a standard. Zoning controls what development can happen where. Right. So we look at, you know, is that use appropriate for say a residential area? Mm -hmm. You obviously are not going to want an industrial facility popping up right in your backyard. Right. So zoning helps us kind of control those things. It helps control heights of buildings, the density of residences or construction in general. So, you know, making sure that we can ensure that buildings don't pop up right on top of each other, making sure that they meet setbacks, things like that. Mm-hmm. So you've been here about a year and a lot of your push right now is to sort of modernize modernize our, our zoning ordinance to make sure that it's up to date, that it's current, you know, that it's not that it's not out of date. So talk to me a little bit about that, about why why that's important to have our zoning ordinance be current and modern. So development trends are always changing. Our zoning ordinance was adopted in 1991. So it's it's pretty dated. You mm-hmm. know, we're 30, 30 years old. Right. And it's been updated periodically since then. But a lot of, you know, t- new uses have come about since then. So we need to make sure that those are accounted for in our ordinance. Things like camping and special events and solar facilities. Solar mm-hmm. facilities were a thing that we didn't account for 30 years ago right. when zoning was adopted. So just making sure that we are constantly putting eyes on our ordinance to ensure that it's still relevant today um, and it's still protecting the rights of property owners, both the ones looking to do development on their property right. and those neighboring property owners as well, because that's the ultimate goal of, of zoning. Mm-hmm. We're making sure that we're promoting what's best for the county overall. Um, and we're also protecting interests from property owners. Right. No, and I think that's definitely something that gets lost, you know, when when talking about zoning is that it is, it's about the citizens. Yes, it's about the county and, and us making sure that everything is, is regulated and up to, up to standards. But also, yes, it's protecting each property owner, both the one that's doing the developing and the one that's nearby that. Correct. And, you know, it's easy to to get caught in the, well, the county's telling me what I can and can't do with my property. Right. And, you know, we understand that. And that's not the goal. The goal is just to have a standard and ensure that, you know, we can protect your neighboring property rights uh, mm-hmm. or those rights of neighboring property owners and making sure that no one's use of their property is going to encroach on those rights and vice right. versa. So it's really about protecting citizens in the best way that we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of protecting citizens, we've we've talked before about you know, building permits and inspections and the importance of those those processes being done first off and also being done right. So, you know, if someone's going and trying to build something on their property, that they have the correct permits, have the right inspections, have the right contractors and people involved. Can you just talk to me a little bit about that and what, what you guys are seeing? Sure. So requiring building permits, that is a way to protect property owners. Again, under the USBC, any structural work done. So if you're renovating a house and you do any structural work, so you are taking down any walls, you're putting any walls up, you're replacing windows, but you're enlarging those windows. Cosmetic stuff we don't require a permit for, but if you're ever confused on if you need a permit or not, it's always best to call our office and just ask because, you know, that makes it easier for you, that makes it easier for us, and we can kind of direct you through the process if you if you do need a permit. In the state of Virginia, property owners can pull their own permits, but they have to be the one actually performing that work. Mm-hmm. So if you come in and pull the permit, you cannot then pay someone else to come do the work on your property. Right. And if you do pay someone else, that person has to be a licensed contractor. And what a lot of people's 
people don't understand is there are different classes for contractors. So you have a class A, class B, and class C. Okay. So any work that's done over $999.99 requires that you have that done by a licensed contractor. A class C contractor can do work from $1,000 up to, I believe, $10,000. You've got then your class B contractor that picks up at that $10,000 mark and up. And then your class A contractor can really do anything. So if you're building a new home, you're going to want to look for a class A contractor. And that really protects you because what a lot of people don't understand is if if you have work done on your property and one, a permit's required and you don't pull a permit, or two, work is done by an unlicensed contractor or a contractor that does not hold a license that's adequate to allow them to do that work Mm -hmm. and something were to happen. Say you had electrical work done on your property. It was not done by a licensed contractor. You didn't pull a permit. Your house catches on fire and burns down. Your homeowner's insurance is likely going to want to see the permits that were pulled. And they're going to want to know who performed that work. Right. Because if they determine that that fire was a direct result of that faulty workmanship, they're not going to cover your losses if all of those things were not done prior to the work being done. Mm -hmm. So it really protects the homeowner. We're trying to really make sure that anyone, if a homeowner is pulling a permit, we require that you sign an affidavit stating that you are the one performing that work. Okay. If our inspectors Mm -hmm. come out on the property and they determine that you're not the one performing that work, we can mm-hmm. revoke the permit. And that's really to protect the homeowner. Right. And at the end of the day, that that's what a building permit does. And that's when that's why inspections are required to make sure that that work is done correctly. So what you're saying is, one, if someone isn't sure if, if the project that they want to do needs a permit or not, they should just call your office. Correct. And, and you guys would be able to walk them through what they need. Correct. Yeah. You know, any citizens that have questions about whether permits are required, even if you're trying to fi- figure out if a contractor's license or not, Always ask for that. So you can either Mm -hmm. look that information up yourself or you can call our office, give us the contractor's information number and we can look that information up for you. Okay. If a contractor tells you I'm licensed and I'm bonded, don't ever just take that. Always look into that and make sure that what they're saying is correct and verify it for yourself. And you, I mean, you mentioned the, you know, the situation if someone has their house burned down because of a faulty electrical work where the, you know, either the permitting wasn't right or the work doesn't, wasn't done right and, and there was problems with the permit. Well, you know, what are some of the other potential negative consequences of of not going through the proper channels? When you pull a permit, we make sure that whatever you're doing is going to meet setback requirements for zoning. So say you buy a metal carport. Right. So any any utility building, any carport that is over 256 square feet um, in size requires a building permit. And that just allows us to make sure that it's set properly and it's anchored. If you don't ensure that it is being set by a licensed contractor or you don't get a permit when it's required, this company couldn't come in, just drop the building off on your property. And then at that point, when our office determines that, hey, it's set in the front yard Mm -hmm. um, and our zoning doesn't allow utility buildings in the front yard, they have to be in the side or rear yard and we issue a violation letter, that's going to go to the property owner at that point Mm -hmm. and the property owner is going to be left responsible for that building that was set incorrectly. At that point, we're not going to be able to go after the contractor or unlike, you know, the unlicensed person that set the building. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's really important to make sure before you start any project at your house that, you know, call our office, ask right. us, 
any question, you know, if you're unsure of something, if you want to know if you need a permit, you want to know if somebody's licensed, Mm -hmm. um, you want to know if you can even do something, it's always better to call our office and let us help you. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the most common, I guess, things that people either put up or renovations that people do or construction projects that you guys see that should have a permit, but people don't? usually remember to get them. I think um, utility buildings Mm -hmm. um, are probably the number one thing that we see that people need permits for that they don't realize they need permits for. Right. A lot of times we see people renovate their basement or they enclose their garage. So they had a carport. They just added, you know, some doors on the front of it Mm -hmm. and closed it. You're still doing structural work, so you're going to need a permit at that point. I think those types of things are probably the biggest issues we run into. That mm-hmm. and roofing, you know, always make sure that if you're replacing your roof, even if it, a permit's not required, make sure that that contractor is a licensed contractor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they hold not only a valid license, but that it's up to date and it's still active. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we run into to situations sometimes where contractors held a license at one point but their license has been revoked or they've allowed it to expire. So make sure that it's still an active permit. Right. And, and you, should, you should do that for anything. Anytime anyone is doing work on your property, always make sure that they have the, the required license. Mm-hmm. And I do want to just, you know, reemphasize that, you know, what, what Emily and her team does, it is about protecting the interests of, of everyone in our county. You know, it's, it's, it's about protecting property owners and making sure that every property owner gets to enjoy their property to the fullest, you know, and that sometimes means having restrictions so that a next door neighbor can no longer, so that a next door neighbor can also continue to enjoy their property as well. Um, so, I mean, that's, that really is the bottom line of what, you know, what community development, what zoning and building inspections is all about, is about protecting property owners. But Emily, you know, I really, really appreciate you being here today. Is there anything else that you would want to add or think it's important that people know? call our office if you have any questions Mm -hmm. we're here to help even if you'd like for us to come out and do a consultation visit you know you're thinking of doing some work on your property you want to know whether or not that's possible right our inspectors are happy to come out and meet anyone at any time our building inspectors are happy to come out meet people on their properties look at work that's been done look Mm -hmm. at work they're planning on doing help them kind of figure out a plan to move forward really we're here to to help in any way that we can Mm mm-hmm Well, that's really, really good to hear. So, Emily, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.